And this episode today is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Oh, buddy. I'm just going to say, are you still sleeping on your Casper mattress? Of course. Uh, I just got off the road. And so I've been traveling a lot, sleeping on hotel mattresses. And when I come home to this mattress, it is great. I, I love this sponsor because every night I sleep in my own bed, I'm like, I'm so grateful these guys like podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, it is, it is. And now, did it get softer now that you've been on it for a yeah, little bit? It, they tell you that in the information when you get mm-hmm. there, like, give your body some time, so a couple weeks. For- but you didn't necessarily believe it. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't believe anybody. Chris. Yeah, uh, I don't believe you yeah. when you're talking. Uh, but I, you needed proof. I needed proof. I needed proof that you are who you say you are. I don't know that that house next to this garage is yours. <laughs> um, That's why I never let you go in it. <laughs> okay, now I need a deed. Yeah. I need to see a deed with your name on it. Um, but yeah, so the, the Casper mattress, it is, and I get such great sleep from it. I cannot say this enough. And it was, it was a hundred days to try it out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know of any other mattress company that gives you a hundred days to try it out. And if you don't like it, just send it back to them. Cause at first I, I gotta be honest, when they came to us, I was like, so wait, they ship mattresses in the mail? Like, right. what, what is this? And it came in like a tube or something. It, came, well, it? It, came in, it comes in a box and you cut it open and then it kind of slowly unfolds. Right. And then, you like know. Like a raft. Like, like a raft, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is, this is my castaway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I made, became friends with a, a volleyball yes. and, then, and then I slept on this mattress. But no, I cannot say enough, it is risk-free. It, my mattress was like, you know, the, the queen size is eight fifty, I believe, or something in that neighborhood. They're very reasonably priced, and it's a it's it's a great night's sleep. Like if you're in the in the market for a mattress, and you don't want it, my last mattress cost me two grand, the one right. before this one, mm-hmm. and it was nice, it was worth it, but that's a lot of money. Yes, and this one, I, I cannot say enough about Casper. So. Well, and, you know, one of the things we love, too, is when a sponsor actually gives uh, the fans of the podcast a mm-hmm. discount. So make sure you go to casper.com slash comedyfilmnerds. Use the promo code comedyfilmnerds, and you will get $50 off. Which is, considering, like, a twin mattress is 500 bucks, and then the king, their their biggest mattress is 950 Right. That's a pretty... Knock it down to nine. Knock it down to nine, kids. Get the big yeah. king. <laughs> So, you know, that, that's a pretty solid deal. They got the Sea King, the California they King. They got the California King. Uh, and they've the also, regular King. They got the regular King, all different kinds of royalty. Yeah. <laughs> you got a full house if you buy all their mattresses. Um, yeah, and it's risk-free, man. And, the, and if you don't like it, send it back and the shipping is free. So there's, there's no... There's no risk. There's no risk. So go for it, you guys. And it's so, a, a cool way to, to support the site. If you're in the, in the market for a mattress... You're helping us, and you're and you're getting a great product. So Casper C A S P E R dot com slash comedy film nerds, and use the promo code comedy film nerds fifty beans off. Fifty beans off. <laughs> Sleep, my children. Hey, well, welcome to uh, comedy film nerds special special themed episode. This is a special themed episode. Very special. Theme. Or is subtitled the vacation episode? <laughs> yes, one of us or both of us is out of town, and yep. we recorded this at a pre at a date. Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. <laughs> It's really good. It's a time yeah. travel episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into uh, classic classic films, mainly classic comedy movies, but let's introduce our guest. Yes, first time on the program. First time on the and, program. And uh, I opened for this gentleman many years ago in Philadelphia when they used to have a funny bone there. Wow. A hundred years ago. And I know he doesn't remember you. Yes. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I hope I don't, he doesn't. I don't remember me from that time. <laughs> 
It'd be awful if he did. Yeah. Because then, then you did something yeah, really yeah, stupid. Exactly. You're like, oh, you're remember that... oh, I remember oh. you. Yeah. You're that asshole who brought yeah. like a toaster on stage yeah. and, and then, had some I... stupid outfit. Yeah. And then he just storms out of the garage. Yeah. Like, I hated how that. dare you? Why are you still in comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to forget you right after I leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we hope most of our guests yeah, do yes. that. Yeah. That's, that's how we get repeat guests. Yeah. yeah. We just want to either be horrible or kind of just not memorable. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, I have no recollection in that yeah. episode. I must have had a good time. <laughs> Every time I drive through Sherman Oaks, I think of uh, movies, yeah. but I don't know why. It's weird. I'm just going to keep driving. <laughs> Uh, so Gilbert, you you have a podcast. Tell wow, me. you know about it. I yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the four guys downloading yeah, it. Yeah. So. <laughs> we were guests on it. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> you are so good on that one. We produce oh. your show. Yes. in your studio every yeah. week. You're you're done a bang up job. <laughs> I was, you jumped in. I was just about to tell you how terrific both of you are and how I couldn't do it without you. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast, it's called, and you can hear it on gilbertgottfried.com. Now, what's the other information? Uh, oh, there's a Facebook, uh, Gilbert uh Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, and my Twitter is at Real Gilbert. What's what? the oh, what? Uh, and Sean Merrick, who yes. brought him over here, said, and it's on yeah, iTunes. Yes. As well. <laughs> um, what, what was the other thing I left out? SteichoNetwork.tv. I can't re- see. I wish the I, I wish the information was given to some announcer. That could just say it, and I'll go, oh, here he is doing that darn plug. And I don't have to be the one. Like, he's the bad guy. <laughs> like a good cop, bad cop? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know you're an all right kid. Why don't you talk to me? My partner's a little crazy. <laughs> He's just strong. You better listen. You yeah. better listen to my. I'm going to be here at this date. I'm going to be here at this date yeah. and iTunes.com. Uh, yeah. Sideshownetwork.tv, yeah. you punks. Yeah. I'm going to put a hurting on you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you better do what he says. Yeah. He gets mad. I don't no, want him to. He's going to ask me to leave the room, then I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I've been dealing with you young punks my whole life. <laughs> like the time you opened for me in Philly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on my podcast, <laughs> I, well, on my on his podcast, that's the announcer who's <laughs> no, I I I specialize. I like to like focus on old Hollywood. So I've had on. I just interviewed Lee Merriweather. Oh who wow, was Catwoman, and and Julie Newmar. Who was Catwoman? Was also Catwoman, and and uh, Adam West, Batman, of course, and and Roger Corman. You had Roger Corman yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah, and what was that like? Uh, that was great because you know he's the king of the, like D movies. Yeah, but, and 
His book is like how I made what, like a hundred movies in Hollywood without losing a dime, oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And and he told us one movie he made was he was gonna go out and with some friends and play tennis. And then he got up that morning and it was raining. So he decided to make a movie. <laughs> Instead? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he found out <clears throat> uh Boris Karlov owed him uh like two days work from a previous movie. So he called up Boris Karloff and this totally unknown Jack Nicholson. And they were in this movie called La Terra. And to this day... Because it rained. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's so and, love. And, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and to this day, nobody knows the plot of the movie. They just know there was a castle left over at some studio from a previous film. I saw this movie. I yeah. think this movie is on Snag. Yeah, it's <laughs> like insane. Yeah, it makes and, no sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I just ran into, at, at some event, uh, Dick Miller, mm-hmm. who was in, you know, one of those guys in every one. He did a thousand mm-hmm. Corman films. Mm-hmm. And he said to me that that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, they had Boris Karloff, and they said, okay, um, walk down this hallway. Now uh, look in that door. Yeah. <laughs> now walk down that hallway and turn around. <laughs> and, like, the castle had, like, a lever on the bottom where the dungeon was, and that would just flood it from the ocean? Uh, yes, like, yes. Like, why would you build a lever in the bottom of your castle to flood well, it? <laughs> I, I always I always loved that in the old movies. They used to have the lever that yeah. blew up the castle. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had that in the Black Cat Son of Frankenstein. No, it's the lever that blows up the cat. Well, why did you? Wouldn't that be a stupid thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, now on book? IMDb, uh, direct it says directors, Roger Corman, and then it says uh, Francis Ford Coppola, and then there's three other people that are uncredited. Oh, they, he. Oh, Francis Ford Coppola's uncredited, Monty Hellman's uncredited, and Jack Hill and Jack Nicholson all directly yeah. directed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they each took a day, you know. Yeah, you, they had to direct their own scenes apparently because yeah, yeah. it's just like like one was taking a nap and yeah. then the other would direct. Now, did, <laughs> did Roger Corman? Did you guys talk about Little Shop of Horrors? Uh yeah, we talked about that. We talked about a few things. That people was, don't realize that that there's an original movie that's not a musical. I Little know. Shop of Horrors. And uh, well, you uh, can you look that sure. up? What year and that was? Nicholson. Nicholson in that too. too. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as, as the, the patient, the and crazy the dental, yeah. and he's hilarious in that movie. As the you know the the um, masochistic dental patient. That's yeah. 1960. Was the yeah. Original. It's like oh no no Novocaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's great. Now, you're Dick Miller's in that movie as oh, well. Oh, yes. <laughs> and there's a scene in the terror where Dick Miller has to do one of those scenes that's awful in every movie where they have to explain basically to the audience. Those are always clumsy right. scenes. I know. The mm-hmm. exposition scenes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where they act like they're talking to the other person in the scene, but it's really for the audience to mm-hmm. take notes. And and he he does uh, or in this case maybe for the director yes <laughs> and he explains and when he explains what it is you're more confused than right. when you were before an anti exposition yes. scene <laughs> oh and 
and well, it's just like I remember I was watching this movie uh, <clears throat> that where Kevin Spacey was Bobby Darren. I, I I forget what it was. It was Kevin <clears throat> Spacey was Bobby Darren yes. pulling this up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Like something the Are you C thinking of about? usual suspects? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Kaiser Sose saying Bobby Darrenson. <laughs> I think about the sea or on the sea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Beyond yeah. the sea. Beyond yeah, the sea. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. There's yeah a he played Bobby Darrenson, 2004. He's, so he's Directed a real by life. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a real life singer, Bobby Darren. <clears throat> And the guy playing his manager is John Goodman. And John Goodman has a scene that you have to feel bad for him. Because he, uh, uh, Spacey, as Bobby Darren says, my career is nothing. It's never gone anywhere. And, and, and John Goodman has to dramatically go, what are you kidding, Bobby? For three years straight, in 1962, you were the top performer in Vegas. You've already been nominated for an Academy Award. You've got seven gold albums. And it's like... (laughs) And it's like you're expecting him to look at the screen and go, you're taking all this down? (laughs) (laughs) So now... We also had... Oh, a weird Al Yankovic, uh, Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of your favorite, like, uh, old Hollywood stories, or, or or like, or comedy movies? Like, what do you love about old Hollywood comedy movies? Ah, uh, God, I don't know. There, there's some that I, I, I remember growing up. They had all the old movies on TV. Which probably weren't even that old when yeah, I was yeah. a kid. They were first run syndication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, like it's so weird when you talk to someone and they go, "Oh, yeah, I really love those old movies, like Titanic." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like you tell someone, like, I used to watch the Three Stooges on yeah. TV after oh, yeah. school, and I'm like, well, what? What are you talking about? You know, they they have no idea because they don't play on TV anymore. Right. You have to yeah. find them on DVD or online, and uh, but they're just not available the way they used to be. Yeah, I used to watch the Three Stooges every day in New York. We had uh, Captain jo- uh, Captain Oh Officer Joe Bolton, and he was like the friendly cop. Who would swing his nightstick around and present the Three Stooges movie? <laughs> That's great. Officer Joe likes stay in school, yes, and smack your buddy in the face. Yeah, so. <laughs> and you know, and it took the studio a long time to release all those shorts, like in chronological order. Like it used to be, like you could get like a couple together. Now you can get the whole set. And if you actually watch them in order from when they were made, like I, I have the set, yeah. I haven't watched them all yet, yeah. but they're fantastic. In fact, they were so satirical, even like, I mean, obviously they're slapstick, but like one of the early ones, they were talking about going to Hollywood because they were vaudeville performers and they're on a train, they're like hobos in a boxcar yeah. and like, well, yeah, well, Hollywood's run by morons. What's three more going to make a difference? <laughs> And this was in the 30s. You know, they were already biting the hand that fed them. Um, and it was, uh, it, it's interesting because you don't see that kind of programming anymore. No one makes 15, 20 minute 
comedy oh, yeah. shorts like uh, to play before feature mm-hmm. films anymore. That's a, a bygone era. And they did two uh, that mocked Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Which uh-huh. before anybody yep. did it. Uh, one was uh, those Nazi, uh, those Nazi spies, mm-hmm. and the other was I'll never hile again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mo played a great Hitler. He looked like <laughs> it. Yeah. That was what was so funny always, about just it. Just added a mustache. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> so Mo was probably meaner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that joke was made on set. Yeah, I sure, can imagine. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So um, now let's talk about some classic um, comedy films. Like you're a big Marx Brothers fan, yes. as am I. And uh, what are some of your favorite Marx Brothers movies? Well, it, it's funny. It's it's like they, that's another thing when they do like box sets now mm-hmm. of the Marx Brothers. They'll have like. Go West, The Big Store, Love Happy, and it's like so. If those you are the older, the, the those older are, ones, yeah, yeah, those are the mm-hmm. those are the ones. The last couple of ones right. they made, the forties, and so now if someone got those box sets, they would go, "Well, what's so funny about the Marx Brothers?" Because <laughs> <laughs> they were, it was no Duck Soup. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Duck Soup. Well, Duck Soup was their best. They're absolute craziest. I, I agree with that. I, I thought Duck Soup was. I mean, I've watched that over and over, and it was. It's so funny, and the jokes are, they still make you laugh. It's funny. Like I was watching actually last night on PBS, they were doing Dick Cavett talking about the end of of um, the Vietnam War and all of these. Oh, big, yeah. these big interviews that he had on there, and they had Groucho Marx, who's at that point in his sixties or something like yeah. that, on Dick Cavett, and. He was clearly like, I'm, you know, I'm not happy with what's going on with this war, and I don't like it. But then, would still the way he would say things, he would he was getting laughs, yeah, like, yeah. and not in a like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, I just, don't, you know, I I can't yeah. do an impression, but he would just be like, you know, well, like, you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Vietnam War, which I don't understand. Why we sending troops? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you would ask that and say that, and you're like, "Wow, here's this guy very serious." And then he would just go, "I was like," and then he'd throw like a Ted offensive joke <laughs> right, or something, right. and you're just like, "This is amazing." We went to Vietnam because Chico needed the money. <laughs> yes, that was why Chico needed the money. He was a gambler. He, he, he never had any money. <laughs> But that's the thing, and, you, and the, 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 I think what happens is when I some people go, oh, I you know I don't I don't like black and white, or I don't get it, or the comedy's too broad. Sometimes you, people say that I go, you're watching it from a distance. You've got to watch these movies. You can't watch it with oh, contemporary yeah. glasses. No, no, you've got to watch it and get in and watch it close. There's these subtle jokes. There's these yes. political statements that they're making that are so like. You, well, first you have to kind of know what's going on historically at that era. Yeah, but they're. The, the, it's 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 uh you can see the building blocks of which comedies that came after um you know basically the inf- they influenced those mm-hmm. movies you know you wouldn't have the modern comedies without these so you're kind of going back to the beginning like i remember with duck soup like you're saying graham is uh um they were satirizing not only like war movies but also big grand musicals oh yeah and, and it was an art form uh 
back oh. then that uh, we don't really have now um, because I don't know about attention spans. Like you basically have a five to ten minute plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they make it work. Oh, yeah. They literally make it work because it's so filled with jokes and gags and all this other and stuff going the on. the idea that <clears throat> so much of it is just so nonsensical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, uh, prosecuting Chico in the big trial. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he turns and is defending him just because yeah. it gets a laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny when you say that about how they lead to later things. Um, one guy was writing about the X-Files, and he said, you know, the X-Files is great, and it's so much better than old, ridiculous crap like Twilight Zone. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've yeah. ever heard. And, yeah. and, and, f- and, and in his a, favor. Was that a 19-year-old writer? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in his favor, um, the producer of X-Files said, uh, you know, I appreciate the compliment, but there wouldn't be an X-Files if it wasn't for the exactly. Twilight Zone. Exactly. Yeah, when people miss it, they just don't understand, like, uh, you know, whatever. I've heard people go, oh, you know, listen to like Bill Haley, and they're like, it's such simple rock and roll. I go, yeah, but that's that's what we're, everyone is standing on those shoulders. Yeah, those are building oh, yeah. blocks of, of any of this. Mm-hmm. And if you look, if you look like like Duck Soup, like I'm going to just read for anyone who's never seen it. This is this is the the description on IMDb. So Rufus T. Uh, Firefly is named president slash dictator of bankrupt Fredonia and declares war on neighboring Sylvania over the love of wealthy Mrs. Teasdale. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not talking about uh, corporate governments... Oh, and, yeah. I mean, and the, well, listen to that description. <laughs> they named uh, the neighboring country they invade after a popular television yeah. set. Sylvania was making TVs at the time, and the TV era was just starting to happen. And it's called Bankrupt Fredonia. He's the president <laughs> slash dictator. Yeah. I mean... They're getting into, and you got to understand, the 30s, uh, you know, after the Depression, uh, there's a lot of people that were not happy with how this government handled it. That's when, like, uh, socialism and people were, were, were wanting to be, now, whatever you think of communism, but the people back then believed uh, communism in its purest form. Actually, on paper, it doesn't sound like a bad yeah. plan. You know what I mean? Like everybody gets a job, everybody eats, and so they're really in this. And again, you in the like most socialism, like socialism. <laughs> well, communism means it com- means communal. Yeah, yeah. it means commun. That's what it comes from. It's never been practiced correctly. Yeah. It's just, it's like, People just use it as like, hey, I'm going to gain all the power. And, you know. No, this is what you wanted. Yeah, this is what you wanted. (laughs) But I mean, so if you understand when these movies were being made, and yes, it was escapism from the Depression, but they were still, in the silliest way, poking so much like social commentary and political commentary that it's like, wow. I mean, what they're saying is, oh, governments are all corporate and corrupt, and they invade for money. And it, wow, does that sound familiar today? Oh, mm-hmm. is it, is I it? remember reading like Roger Ebert said that his father was a big Marx Brothers fan mm-hmm. and would take him to Marx Brothers movies, and whenever they'd say a line on screen, he would kind of turn to him. The father would look at him with this glow in his eyes like you see what they just did you see what they got away with you know yeah. like it was sneaky mm-hmm. what it would and and that's what they forget you know it's like back then that was really 
They were really uh, edgy. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. Also, too, you got to like you say why it was so. It doesn't seem that edgy to us now because you can swear and yeah. say whatever. Yeah. But the language and the material. I mean, you were so scrutinized. Anything, every frame, every word, like they could shut you down. So you you had to walk such a tightrope to get any of these things in there. And the fact that they did, which is why Robert Roger Ebert's dad was doing that. Yeah, saying. And you got on if you it. So when I I say this, if you go into watching these movies with that knowledge and that knowledge of the history of when they came out, it suddenly makes them amazing. Like it really, it really, right? You know, it, go go into watching these movies with the right perspective. And the other thing is they're shorter. You know, they're, yes. they're all oh, shorter. Yes. It's yeah. a it's, it's a smaller time <laughs> investment. Now, what's another um, Marx Brothers movies that you movie that you really liked before the uh, '40s movies, well, like in the, the '30s and their heyday? Oh, well, the other my my second favorite would be Horse Feathers. Okay, where he's the uh, the uh, dean of the school. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's another really good one. And I think he's Wagstaff there. Yeah, uh, Quincy Adams Wagstaff, yes. the president of Huxley <laughs> University, hires Bumblers, Bravelli, and Pinky to help his school win the big football game against rival Darwin University. Like now they're just you know they're just spoofing uh, big time college athletics. Which oh, at yeah. the time in the '30s, college football was that and boxing were the two biggest sports in this country, and they were making big money. And that's like there was corruption happening back then. And we think, you know, we always look back. It's funny. We look at today's college football. It's this billion-dollar industry, and it's so corrupt. And we look back then as the golden era. There was corruption back then. There was, oh, I yeah. Mean, come on, man. Like, well, in, in, in Horse Feathers, Chico is running a speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got that long scene where he doesn't allow Groucho in. Uh, Cause it's he has to say swordfish. That's the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this old reference there. Uh, he says, "Well, I'll I'll give you the I'll give you a hint. It's the name of a fish." And and he goes, uh, "Oh no!" Chico says, "Well, it's the name of a fish." And Groucho goes, "Is it Haddock?" And he goes. Hey, that's so funny. I got a haddock, too. <laughs> and he goes, what do you take for a haddock? And he goes, well, uh, sometimes I take aspirin. Sometimes I take a calomel. And you go. <laughs> so obviously calomel was some kind of headache medication. Sure. Right. <laughs> or there's like also in there, there's where they say the dean is waiting in the hallway. He's waxing Roth. And Groucho goes, well, tell Roth to wax the dean for a while. And But waxing Roth, I guess, was a way of saying you're getting upset back then. <laughs> waxing Roth. There's definitely um, slang and stuff that we don't have anymore. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, they, uh, that they use. But, but, but uh, horse feathers definitely made me laugh out loud. And you also have, too, with the Marx Brothers is they were – they were very specific characters no matter what movie they were in. Mm -hmm. It was literally never like, oh, well, you're playing this. You're, they were always a character playing a character uh, yes. in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, see, now I always thought 
when Night Night at the Opera, that was their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. That I had mean, Lucille Ball in it too, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And but Night at the Opera, that's Irving Spielberg. I didn't know Spielberg. Irving <laughs> Thalberg mm-hmm. took over for them. And there are the, and Duck Soup, I think, is what lost them their contract with Paramount because no one saw it. No one liked it back then. Wow. And and then they It's one of their best movies. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. And and it's like Irving Thalberg made put them in Night at the Opera, which was a major hit. And I think when I watch Night at the Opera, that looks like the beginning of the end. For them, because they look like they had a leash on them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And they were yeah. doing things mm-hmm. for a reason. They were right. helping out the romantic couple. and <clears throat> So that was always... They weren't sort of creating anarchy. That's one yeah. of their best things is in those other movies we were talking about. They, they were just... They were kind of ruining everything. Oh, yeah. You know yes. I mean? yes. like that was their whole thing, is they would take these established... Uh, iconic parts of the society and ruin them. And so when they're playing along, it's like, well... And that doesn't work as well when you're supporting characters. Right. You have yeah. to kind of be at the in the driver's it, seat for so the film. It's so weird that comedians used to be supporting characters in their own movies. Yeah. Right, right. Like, the romantic leads were the leads, and they were just these wacky guys who would pop up. Well, let yeah, me, let who me, would support the, the guy and the girl as they right. met and fell in love. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. When, like... How did watching these movies or when did uh, influence you to be like, I want to be a comedian. I want to start doing this. Yeah, God. Um, I don't know. I'd watch all these old movies and old TV shows and like like those variety shows and movies. That's like, you know, got me in that mindset where my podcast is. It's like old old Hollywood. I'm just fascinated by it. And I don't know, I started to imitate people I saw in movies and uh, stuff like that. And I just, uh, eventually, I when I, first, when I first used to perform, like at open mic nights, I was doing mainly imitations. Of who? Like Boris Karloff and Humphrey Bogart. Even back then, my act was dated. You know, it's like... <laughs> You started with an outdated act. That's awesome. I was on stage at 15 doing stuff that Rich Little would be ashamed of. That's awesome, man. And how come you don't see impressionists anymore? I know. To me, it's like the only time somebody does an impression is like when we had Saturday Kevin, night when we had Kevin Pollock yeah. on. Right, right. Yeah. We, had, yeah. we, just, we always demand that yeah. he does. We made him do our ad read as Christopher Walken. As Christopher Walken. <laughs> but no, it's funny. Like the only if time- we had one right now, we would have you do it as Boris Karloff. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and I and and then it would have to be where I turn around with my back to the audience, <laughs> mess my hair up, lift my collar up, and, and then go, it might go something <laughs> like this. I remember 
God, I remember when I saw you on TV do your impression of Dice. That was one of the, Dice was at his zenith, and then you right. just did your thing. <laughs> you, just, you just made sounds. The first two minutes, you just do the thing with the yeah. you wave your arms. God damn what it. are you, what homo? Yeah, I was talking to this bro. (laughs) (laughs) You did that for five minutes. And then I remember doing, you did David Brenner too for a long time. No, 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 something, Johnny. (laughs) You know, I remember years ago seeing an impressionist just at one of the clubs and. They always had like some premise to hold right. the voices, like like oh, this is the Hollywood classroom or the Hollywood <laughs> press conference. <laughs> yeah, like, wouldn't it be weird if Arnold Schwarzenegger was your dentist? Like, yes. opens your mouth oh, yes. wide, like some horrible. Oh, and and this this guy was doing a thing where his car breaks down on the highway. <laughs> And so each impression he'd introduce by going, why, there's Jack Nicholson. Maybe he'll help. (laughs) (laughs) I love love a horrible. There's Kirk Douglas. (laughs) Maybe he'll help. (laughs) Hey, Aunt Margaret, do you know how to change a tire? (laughs) Oh, that's great! So, oh, Jesus so, like, who? I wonder who finally changed the tire. Yeah, I don't know who fixed the car. Was it, was it Jim Neighbors? Was it, who, who was it? Was Jim Neighbors? Oh my God, Carol Channing! Yeah, maybe she'll. Uh, spark plug is our girl's best friend. Thanks, Carol. Just the dumbest. <laughs> oh my now, God. no one's doing impressions like that, but now I'll see like a comic will have, anytime a comic does an obscure impression of somebody, they just like bust out like a Richard Dreyfus impression or something. That, I, I absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. Because it just comes out of nowhere. It would have to be from Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there are still people who have an ear for voices, like, sure. and they'll be on comedy shows like Saturday Night Live and stuff. But the whole premise of going, <laughs> it might hey, imagine if Al Pacino worked at McDonald's, I think it would go a little something like oh. this. And I, oh, I love the ones that can't do the actor, so they'll do a character that the actor played. Yo, oh, and God. they'll say, like, imagine if your dentist was Dustin Hoffman, the way he was in Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also that thing... We would always say, too, you knew it was a shitty impression when they would have to say who they were in the introduction, <laughs> oh, yeah. because then it'd just be like, um, Ron Reagan here. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You just have to introduce himself. Because if you just went, hey, how you doing? No one would go, yeah. you're doing Ron Reagan. Oh, who oh it's an old lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy with Alzheimer's. <laughs> now, oh. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to, I want to talk about Abbott and Costello movies. Oh, yes. Because... I, I, when I was printing out the list, I forgot how many movies they oh, actually God. did. Oh, they were yes. cranking out what two a year? It was three it years was crazy, and, and I'm looking at them too, and 
not only are they in all these different situations, but eventually they did like they did a Marvel Universe crossover kind of thing with the Keystone Cops. And oh like, yes, they were, yes, and and all of the Universal monsters, and all of a sudden oh, they were well, in every single universe. One, there was one, an Abbott and Costello movie. One of my old time favorite comedies, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, mm. that's a great one. Mm-hmm. The thing that's the thing I love, and not they, just Frankenstein too. It's, yeah, yeah, Dracula, the yeah. Wolfman, and, they're all and, in that movie. And Lugosi is back yeah. as Dracula, yeah. and mm-hmm. like Hollywood had given up. They mm-hmm. were using John Carradine as Dracula and everyone else but Lugosi. And when Lugosi appears as Dracula, you go, "Oh, this is what was missing from all those other Dracula." Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the thing that was cool about that was they. They kept it just scary enough. Yes, that the that it actually enhanced the jokes because it was it wasn't just like woo I'm yeah. a wolfman. It was <laughs> yeah. like oh no, these are these actual guys who were terrifying on the big screen, whatever ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, and now so they're still bringing <clears throat> their their skill as horror black and white horror film actors, which was an amazing skill that they possessed. Yes, and then so that it made the jokes like land uh, to me even harder because you were kind of like oh shit yeah you were a little scared they and and the movie was respectful of the monsters yes they didn't make them like stupid no well i think too i i i you know i i this is something it'd be great to have on your podcast to know but i always got the feeling like they went oh we love bella lugosi we love boris yes. karloff so uh, like how can you know? I'm sure they were just respectful on the set, yeah. and they were like, "We're going to be the idiots. Right. You guys, you do, guys your, do what you do. You do your yeah. your, fun, mm-hmm. your awesome thing, and let us be the morons." And, in this. and Lon Chaney Jr. was back as the Wolf Man. Yeah, yeah. It was an all star monster cast yeah. in the uh, in the Abbott and Costello film. I and that was one of their most famous ones too. And th- um, they brought on. They started that whole meet and go to. And then yes. those, each one got worse than the yeah. other. Yeah. Then, they, then they got bad. When when they did meet the mummy. Well, literally, you're making. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at 1941. They released four films. Oh wow! Four films. It was uh, Buck Privates in the Navy, Hold That Ghost, and Keep Them Flying. No See, one makes they, four they movies used, in a year. <laughs> they used to churn out movies. Yes, they had mm-hmm. that whole thing where. Mm-hmm. Like they could, if they wanted to make it in a day, they'd make it yeah. in a right. day. Yeah, you're under you know? contract. We're yeah. paying you whether you're making a movie today or not. So guess what? You're going to be making a oh, movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> and a lot of times, too, uh, they would have an actor doing three movies at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And they'd have to run across the set. Oh yeah, you'd be like you're doing a musical in the morning, yeah. then you're chasing a guy in the in the yes, afternoon, right. and at night you're tap you're dancing. You're on an airplane. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're on a cruise ship. Now, I, I remember watching Abbott Costello as a kid too, thinking that like you know Costello was the funny one, and Abbott's like, why he's so boring? Yeah. Why would I ever? Why is he even in this? And then as you get older and start to appreciate, oh, you yes. realize you he Costello would never be as funny without the straight man. People that drives me nuts when I'll hear people. And it's the same thing, like writers who don't know what they're talking about. Right. And and it's like when you're a real Abbott and Costello fan, the one you're laughing at the most is Abbott. Right. Because right. he's great in mm-hmm. those. Yeah. When you're a kid, you love Mo the most. Yeah. Then uh, when you get older, you like Larry. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Because he's the everyman. Yes. Imagine if Larry was your dentist. Yeah. It <laughs> might go a little something like this. Imagine if Larry was your dentist, but he talked like Al Pacino did in Scarface. <laughs> Say hello to my little friends. <laughs> That's the drill sound, you know, from the dentist. Get a and free download from Audible. <laughs> wow, he's doing our ad read? Yeah. Holy shit. And, and um, well, like Abbott made everything so matter of fact that made it so great. Like, like the who's on first. Right. It's like what's so funny about it when you watch it. Because Abbott is so good, in in your mind you're going, well, why is Costello so stupid that he doesn't know who's on first, what's on second? Yeah, I know yeah. our real names. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and there were these asides that Abbott would have. Like, I one part that cracks me up on who's on first is you know Costello says you know I'm a pretty good catcher myself, and Abbott goes, so they tell me. Yeah. And I think it's just so funny. He's got so many of those that if you're not paying attention, which a lot of times yes. he says them while most people are probably laughing at 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 Lou. Yeah. They're la- they Costello just landed, everyone's laughing and then he throws a little like so they tell me. Like he's a bunch of those where you're like, "Oh, he just kind of slammed him or he whatever joke he's making." And then Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. There's a one part Costello is trying to tell him that the monsters are there and you know, right. and he's waving his arms in the air like Frankenstein and and Dracula and going <laughs> and doing that like <laughs> And and he's waving, you know, doing the arm, the Frankenstein arms outstretch, and Dracula hypnotizing someone. And and Abbott at one point just goes, Okay, okay, put your hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of the silly business, kid. Like And you know, we're far enough removed from these movies too that, like, if I read the titles, it sounds like we're doing a bit. Oh, yes. These are actually where they are. Like, Lost in Alaska, Abbott and Costello meet Captain Kidd. Abbott and Costello go to Mars. Oh, yeah. Abbott and Costello meet (laughs) Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. These are actual movies. And Mm -hmm. this is where a lot of the, um, you know, kind of like the comedy premises came from. Oh, yes. Because you would see the Three Stooges in a haunted house and uh, Old West. And this is where, this is the the building blocks of all Mm -hmm. of those jokes where you take comedians and put them in all these different situations or different planets or in different time zones, you know, time periods. Yeah, there's got Jack and the Beanstalk. You've got Abbott and Costello meet Captain Kidd. I, I just like... Oh, they ride, was Ride him also, Cowboy in the Navy, Buck Privates. On their TV show, where the landlord would say, boys, boys, and they were both in their 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both like arthritic. <laughs> but there's, even there, there's one part, Costello is doing all the funny business, and they have Abbott just... Uh, uh, sitting in a chair with a cup of coffee there. And Costello's do is in the forefront doing everything. And Abbott's just there. So Abbott like like taps both his hands on the table and goes, Nice hot cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, and do you this this I love. I've talked about this on my podcast like every other episode. Um did you you must have seen the TV movie Bud and Lou with uh, uh Buddy Hackett as oh, Lou Costello yeah. and Harvey Corman. Oh my god, as, that was a long time and ago. They yeah. they looked like two guys who had never seen an Abbott and Costello <laughs> routine. And but my favorite thing it's like in when that, you try to do a Three Stooges movie, same thing. Oh, oh yeah. god, yes. Yeah. It was and came out in nineteen seventy eight, Bud and Lou. There there was there's a death scene there with Buddy Hackett as Lou Costello. And um, uh, Artie Johnson from Laugh-In plays Eddie Sherman, the manager, and and he sa- he sneaks in like a cup with like from a candy sh- store, like, and he goes, "You know what I got you here, Lou?" And he goes, "A strawberry malted," and he goes, "Yeah," and he he. He holds on to it very weakly. Buddy Hackett as Lou Costello takes one sip and goes, You know, hey, I had a lot of strawberry maltage in my day, but this one's the best. And then he falls down dead. <laughs> <laughs> So a strawberry malted killed yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> His manager killed him. Yeah. <laughs> All he needed was for the doctors yeah. to run in and go, you know, he's allergic to strawberries. <laughs> what are you, a maniac? How dare you? You've killed a great comic genius. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Harvey man. Corman <laughs> and Buddy Hackett. Um, what else have we got here? So got, I like uh, Jerry Lewis as the Nutty Professor. That okay. is a classic comedy. Great. Yeah. And there's another one. Once you really watch it and appreciate it, you're really laughing the most when he's Buddy Love. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Barroom bla- Brawler, don't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's really and you see kind of like especially think as we um we know more about Jerry Lewis and I'm like oh that's Jerry Lewis yeah that's yeah that's him and that's it's him. like and when he says now repeat after me I'll I'll pay I'll pay attention. <laughs> So and this is um this is a movie that came out uh, what year was uh Nutty Professor like sixty four Professor so, was um when was that and this was of course in Jerry Lewis's his heyday when oh, he was making yeah that was sixty three yeah yeah and it was uh it, it was it was really again it was a, basically a Doctor Jekyll and Mister yeah. Hyde comedy but it was really funny oh and, yeah uh, and I just remember like uh you know seeing it as a kid too and going is that is that the same guy is that oh you know, yeah because well, he, yeah. he was so committed to both characters and they were so different uh it was it's just a really good classic movie. Things, i think jerry lewis is, is a really good actor and the thing about the nutty professor that makes sense as you as you said is what we know historically of the interviews about dean and jerry 
Dean Martin, everyone thought, oh, he's the guy with the chicks. He was the guy going back to his room early, getting sleep. Jerry Lewis was the guy oh, yes. partying, partying yeah. with, the, with the showgirls and all that <laughs> stuff. So it made sense. Like, it, it makes his, 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 his character in The Nutty Professor even more like, oh, that's... He was a just a playboy, you know. Yeah. He was like tagging them two at a time or whatever. And and I heard yeah, like, he didn't need a magic formula. Yeah. <laughs> when 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 I, whenever I've asked people who've worked with Lewis, uh, what he's like, I've heard that term. Well, he's like a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Because they say really? one minute he's like really funny and a great guy, and then he could turn on you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you had him on the podcast yet? Uh, no, no. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Well, it, it's it's kind of too late when you think about that. Sean, are you making uh, notes? <laughs> to talk to Jerry Lewis's publicist. Let me let me take a sip Don't. of my natural mango essence drink. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the best here in the garage. That's like uh, natural latex. <laughs> Nature's own styrofoam. <laughs> Nature's styrofoam is really it is delicious, just gorgeous. <laughs> yes, it's especially this time of year. You're, oh, they're fresh <laughs> off the vine. Get the low hanging styrofoam. It is ready to go. Um, but no, I want to talk about. Uh, you said bring up Jerry Lewis, the King of Comedy, which I know is not a comedy yeah. film, but it shows you. I think to me, that's probably the most. It feels like, at least, the most accurate insight into who Jerry Lewis oh, yes. really was. Yes, you know, of that's who he was. Like that big of a guy. Kind. I mean, that's an amazing that film. I, you know, like historically, it, people don't talk. It's not on a short list of of, yeah. of of classic amazing films where I think it should be, because you've got. Uh, you've got a young Sandra Bernhardt who plays a Looney Tune fucking to the T. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it is made, you know, a lot of the movie was made about um, Robert De Niro. And, of course, he plays a, you know, a, a good performance. But it's, you've got to watch that movie for Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. Because he's so, like, kind of cold, kind of heartless, yeah. kind of. And you're just like, wow, that's probably the Jerry Lewis. You've, you've had people tell you that, that Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, thing. yeah. And, and. You know what's uh, what's odd? Oh, I, well, they originally had asked Johnny Carson to play that part, and really? he didn't want to. So they got Jerry Lewis, who used to, you know, sub would be a right. substitute host sure. on the Tonight Show. It and, works with Jerry Lewis. Oh <laughs> yes, it definitely works with him, and and it is fascinating to look at him in there. I think it's too when you talk about. And you know, when everyone talks about Scorsese films, they always forget this one. Oh yeah, because they are. I mean, and, and granted, it's because Scorsese has this amazing body yeah. of classic mm-hmm. films. But you're just—I'm always like the king of comedy. The king of comedy is 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 probably his most underrated movie. Yeah, and, and it is it is so Jerry Lewis. And and it's what what else? I think with King well, of Comedy. Well, let, let's not forget too. Where else are you going to find Robert De Niro playing a comedian? Oh trying, yes, like a crazy yes. one trying yeah. to be a yeah. comic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, in in well, King of Comedy. I think one one of the problems people have with it, there's something very frustrating about it. Like the audience is frustrated, mm-hmm. the whole characters and everything. It's like, and the way it ends, you're going, ooh, you know, like I know. I think that's part of it too. Yeah. And I I know at the time. 
people were like, oh, we thought it was going to be Jerry Lewis being wacky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, no. I think I, it's one of those movies. I'm sure it was marketed wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know it was. I remember as a kid going, what, what, what is this? So wait, it's it's Robert De Niro is going to be funny? That, oh, like, yeah. What's going on? Like, I couldn't quite figure it out. So they And they marketed it as... The King of Comedy. Oh, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> oh, and there's one part in King of Comedy that Jerry Lewis told them about, and they put it in the movie, where uh, somebody uh, uh, is on the payphone. There's a woman on the payphone, mm-hmm. and she goes, Hey, uh, Jerry, Jerry, talk to, you know, say hello to my brother. My brother's on there, and he goes, Oh, I'm in a hurry. And she goes, You should die of cancer. And he said that happened to him in real life. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I don't. At all. I don't doubt it either. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also uh, there's also a, a funny thing if you ever want to listen to it. There's a have you ever listened to those Golden Throats of those CDs that oh, came out? In the oh 90s? yes, now yes, with on. Anthony Quinn, yeah. William Shatner, people wigging out. There's a great one of a guy who's drunk calling, and he's like, "What are they?" The Golden Throats is they got. You know, it's like all of these celebrities and, and major athletes either losing their shit. Like it's it's all those like Tommy yeah. Lasorda yelling at the press. Oh, really? and, oh, oh well, it's got William the, Shatner. Yeah. You know, if I want to say sabotage, I'll say sabotage. It's, oh, <laughs> it's all. That. And there's the classic, the most famous one is Orson Welles doing a voiceover uh, for some commercial, for some radio commercial, and. And he, oh, he, at one point he goes, uh, I th- they say, you know. It's In the like depths two- of your ignorance. Yes. What yes. do you want? Yeah. Yeah. That got animated. Warner Brothers yes. animated and as a Pinky, Pinky in the Brain, in the brain. episode. Yeah. And, so and, he's, he's the big brained mouse and they did it word for word. Yeah. And they <laughs> had the, it's like these two English uh, commercial guys uh, telling him. And they say, can you emphasize in, in, in July? And he goes, you tell me how to emphasize in and in July, and I'll go down on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a Golden Rose of these CDs. I mean, now you can probably just get them all on YouTube or whatever, but they had a million of those. Oh, yeah. They had uh, they have Buddy Rich. Lou, oh, yes. Lou's going fucking nuts in his, uh, on, t- on a tour bus with his band, which is then there's a, and that song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, he goes, I'm like Buddy Rich when I fly off the handle. <laughs> like he's <laughs> screaming in his band. There's another great one where Robert Mitchum, remember in the 80s, he did those beef, it's what's for dinner. So oh, he, yes. So he's like, beef, it's what's <laughs> for dinner. And you hear some young, young guy in the booth go, that's great, Bob. Can we just try to do this and this and this? And he just goes, you'll suck my what? <laughs> and then the kid goes, that last take was great, Mr. Mitchum. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, and there's one with Paul Lanka where he's yelling at his band and he keeps going, and that's just the fucking way it is. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, the one that, the, the, this, this is great, Jerry Lewis. This drunk guy is calling, he gets a hold of Jerry Lewis's office or something, and he's like, Look, I'm friends with Jerry. And Jerry Lewis is on the phone. Yes, yes. The guy doesn't know it's Jerry Lewis. And, and he's Lu- got the wrong disease, oh. too. He's got, he's saying MS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wrong disease. And Jerry Lewis just 
fucks with this guy. Oh, yeah, that is great. Brilliant. The guy's like, look, I want to come on the show. Okay, you want to go get some snow? No, no, I want (laughs) to come on the show. And he just keeps doing that. And it's like something like, uh, well, what is your name? Uh, You know, Irving. So your name's Mr. Ving? No, Irving. The guy's drunk. Can you spell it? (laughs) I, and he goes, I am Mr. Ving. (laughs) And the guy's like, ah, no, Jesus. And he's getting. It's actually Lewis at his classic funniest. It is so brilliant. And the fact that he had the wherewithal goes, I got to record this. And he's just, you know, a guy at that level has had so many people wanting stuff, free tickets. And and then this guy is. I'm friends with him, yeah, and he thinks yeah. he's yelling at some assistant. Oh, yes. And it's, the, you know, Jerry Lewis wanted to go, I've never yes. heard of you. I don't know who you are. <laughs> just strings him along. It's I, fucking perfect. Oh, he, he, yeah, he's like, he's asking for his number to <laughs> spell the name. He has him respelling the name like about 10 yeah. times. And every time, and, and, <laughs> and Lewis He's so just like, oh, okay, yes, sir. Thank yes, sir. You know? So he's so respectful, like in a respectful secretary yes. assistant, and just can't get this simple. It's yeah. so funny. So you want to do it on Thursday? Yeah. Okay, so Sunday, we've got you down for Sunday. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's nonstop. Oh, and there's also uh, Casey Kasem. Oh, yeah, the Casey oh, Kasem is a great that's one. That's brilliant. He's like, you know, he's talking about like uh like oh and then this is for little Susie whose dog uh, puffy died recently and then he stops and he goes so i got to follow this with a song about a little girl's fucking dog dying <laughs> <laughs> there's so many i i i had that i had a copy of that in, like when i first came out in the 90s and i would listen to it there was the, the one uh there was the former uh, manager of the Chicago Cubs in the 80s named Lee Elia. And this was back when the Cubs didn't have lights. Yeah. So all of the games were day games. And this yeah. was in the early 80s, and the Cubs were awful. And he goes on this tirade, and he's like, 85% of the population's work, and the other 15% come down here and boo my team. <laughs> it's a playground for the cocksuckers. And there's just like... <laughs> And there's a commercial, but this one's on camera. Uh, also, Orson Welles, and he, obviously he's bombed out of his skull. Yeah. And he has to say, you know, ah, the French with their <laughs> culture <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. At some point, you and, wonder, like, with Orson Welles, like, why why are you doing commercials? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah, and, and but he, in the commercial, have, he's so drunk, mm-hmm. he's going... You know, you expect him to go, you know, oh, the French. But instead he's like, oh, the French. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you guys, find that and listen to that. Um, Having trouble directing himself. That's pretty much. Um, Uh, Well, let's talk about, um, would you have time for one more? Okay, we'll talk about Chaplin movies because these are also really, really influential. And when you look at a movie like The Gold Rush, and then when you watch The Great Dictator later, you can yes. actually see, uh, one's a classic, but then you can see such a progression in his career. It's really uh, amazing. And it's not like The Great Dictator was easy to make either. Yeah. That was that was really, he had a tough time making because, that. Because like uh, America at that point, but in, you know, it's funny. Those Wasn't nuts, in the war yet. Those nutsy spies uh, with the Stooges 
came out before the Great yeah, Dictator. Right. Uh huh. I know, and it's like, and America at that time was like, I don't know, maybe we're is, gonna stay out of this. This is Europe's yeah. problem. Yeah. We just yeah. World War One was brutal, and and and, and Charlie Chaplin was like, no. This you're, is what's going yeah. on. I'm going to help get America into the war. Yeah, and you couldn't even say bad things about Hitler then, yeah. like in the papers or stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a weird time. You look back on it, and you're like, what? No, that couldn't have happened. That can't be true. That Which is why right. when, you hear, when you hear stories of, you know, whatever, who we'll, we might never know about how, you know, the, Pearl Harbor, all the top-ranking officials were pulled out of there. Like, like, oh, yeah. It's oh, like yeah. FDR we had knew about it was before. coming yeah. and then just kind of, you know. Well, if, you, if you go and tour, then you can hear the tour guides give you a lot of the inside stuff, mm-hmm. too. Like I, when I went on, I toured Pearl Harbor. They show the official video. But then, you know, the also the tour guides kind of give you like the unofficial stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, when that bombing occurred, all the aircraft carriers were gone because they knew that would make a big difference in the war if they sank. So they were on maneuvers and all this other interesting ah. things that uh, I'm like, well, you know, no one knows for sure, but here's some of the things that you may not know. <laughs> yeah, and FDR like needed the 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 old rumor is he was like dancing in the White House when it happened because he was like now because we just saw the movie about the Enigma Code and like did we know did yeah. Britain let us know that yeah. that attack was coming and you know we got everything out of the way that we needed to win the war before mm-hmm. the attack happened yeah. And justified us to to start the war effort. And especially when you think of like radar, well, we thought it was a flock of geese. Like, really? The radar yeah. was that unsophisticated? You <laughs> thought that was a flock of geese? Big, giant flock. Yeah. 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 Really? Well, yeah. geese yeah. back then were yeah. a lot yeah. bigger. Well, yeah, they were. They were, they were stronger and they all yeah. carried machine guns yeah. and torpedoes. And, and instead of squawking, they made it sound like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they would talk to each other in Japanese. Oh, yeah. People didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would refer to the emperor and all this stuff. No one said, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have radar. We can't really tell anything. <laughs> the difference between anything. <laughs> no um, so now let's talk about um, what's your favorite Chaplin movie? Let's see. You know, it's so funny with Chaplin. I... He's one of those guys that I watch and admire more than laugh at. Mm -hmm. Like, I always watch him and go, wow, that's great what he did there. And that's really uh, innovative. But I don't remember really laughing out loud at Chaplin. More of an appreciation than a belly laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was, I mean, you know. He was a craftsman. The yes. immigrant and the kid and stuff like that. He was, again, kind of showing what was the part of what, what was some of the struggles of the times in a comedic way. But it is true. You do kind of go, oh, wow. You know, look what emotion he conveyed in that scene that, again, looks like, oh, he's just being oh, silly yeah, with Charlie yes. Chaplin. Yeah. But it's like, no, there's a lot of depth to that. And, and it, you know, if you think about that now in this era, you know, you can talk and say all these things with the emotion and he couldn't. I mean, he had such a limited way to express the emotion and he did it. Oh, yeah. In black and white films, uh, which was amazing to me. And I think he even said to one of his actresses as a direction, he said, um, give a bad performance. And I think that was because a great performance back then was very theatrical. Right. 
And so making the transition from yeah. silent to talkies. Yeah. Well, also, but also, natural. like I think uh, maybe he was also bringing the stage because you you have stage actors yes. coming to this new yeah. medium. And you have vaudeville too. And vaudeville, which mm-hmm. was so big and so over the top, and you had to fill the whole theater with your physicality that it did seem ridiculous. And and you also like we're talking about. You watch these movies as products of the time. Like you look at Gold Rush at nineteen twenty five. Finding gold. Yes. And, and you look at, like, depression. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of... It even played out in a fantasy way where, like, look, we're all poor. We'd love to find gold. And, and, and it has, uh, again, a product of the time. You have to realize what people were going through when they were watching this film. And too. he was a tramp. Right, right. He was a hobo. Then uh-huh. people had no money. Yeah. They were, mm-hmm. they were being kicked out of their homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like championing the the poor person, the little guy. Yeah. And there's one movie I forget which one where he comes over on a boat with a bunch of immigrants. I think it's the immigrant yeah. in 1917. Oh, uh, that that would make that sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the immigrant movie. What yeah. was that one about? That's, that's like saying, "What's that movie that has the Titanic in it? Yeah. <laughs> what movie is that?" <laughs> What's the Godzilla movie about the big tall lizard that fights, uh, smashes buildings? (laughs) Well, awesome, man. Uh, That's our episode, you guys. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I love talking about this. I love it, yeah. Uh, And and like we said, seek out these movies. You you won't be disappointed. Just don't look at them through contemporary eyes. Look at them as they were products of the time and the building blocks of modern comedy. And you will enjoy them so much more. Yeah, and then, you know, if anybody, you're watching these for the first time or or have any recommendations, again, go to our message board, go to the uh, Facebook fan page and let mm. us know, you know. There's what, many we didn't get to or cover. We, I mean, this, this, this page is three three long. And it's yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about W.C. Fields yeah. and, oh, you know, Barrel and Hardy. There's a million W.C. Fields has, to, again, has about. so many kind of huh, little side jokes yeah. that you're just yeah. like, whoa, that was an awesome uh, uh, maybe joke. Maybe we'll do one just on the silent comedies because we could just get into like... Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd, oh, I think it'd be we great. We didn't even just scratch the surface no, we didn't. Those, which, which are amazing films. So, all right, well, Gilbert, thanks for being on the show. Where can people find you on the internet and see and listen to your podcast? Oh, since you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to plug myself <laughs> but it's since you mentioned it i have a podcast gilbert gottfried's amazing colossal podcast you could hear it on gilbertgottfried.com and what was it uh itunes itunes, iTunes and sideshownetwork.tv uh it's uh, facebook is gilbert gottfried's amazing colossal podcast Facebook and my Twitter is at Real Gilbert, and my Twitter is a very expensive hobby. I found out. (laughs) (laughs) How is it expensive? Uh, What what are you spending money on exactly? Platform. It's it's a long story. (laughs) I think I'd like to hear it. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show uh, and talking about this. All right, guys. You know, like us on the Facebook fan page. And again, positive reviews on iTunes always help. And uh, definitely support the store. Like we said, uh, $20 a year, get something. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, pay for everything. Over oh, here. and can I mention Patreon here for my podcast? Sure. sure. Pa- okay, Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> and become a member on my podcast. So. 
Uh, well, you need to pay for your Twitter account. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. And, and for God's sakes, once again, let's tell you, please see Ernest Goes to Camp. Yes. <laughs> truly. Truly. <laughs> My favorite is Ernest Saves Christmas. Because yes. yes. Well, that's, that's where we uh, agree to disagree. Ways. <laughs> yeah. That- uh, Santa's in the slammer. Come on, guys. <laughs> that was from the trailer. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, and of course, where you are on uh, Comedy Film Nerds is on uh, at Comedy Film Nerds on Twitter. Follow us, you know, uh, for free. For free. I don't know what Gilbert's uh, spending side deal is. Side deal is. It's, it's cause I lost the job because of my jokes on Twitter. Ah. Jesus. <laughs> Must I explain every joke to you, too? That one, yes. So now, who is the name of the first baseman? This is where I'm unclear. (laughs) Um, Did you lose a job on Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Well, on my, uh, yes, on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast on Facebook. (laughs) And Gilbert Gottfried dot com i've <laughs> lost several several <laughs> um we're gonna really need levelator for this show yeah <laughs> i just remembered an abin and costello meet frankenstein it seems like he screws up a line at one point like starts to forget because uh costello goes mr Broadhurst <laughs> <laughs> and they were cranking them out so fast they're oh, probably yeah. just like no nah, yeah. we don't have time Good for another take <laughs> so, uh, alright guys that's our show yeah. uh, liking us on all the social media yep. is a thing you can do for free that helps us those numbers actually do help with sponsorship and, and I just want to say Gilbert it's great to see you again I haven't seen you oh, in many I, years I was I, wondering uh, where you were I, uh, <laughs> I remember when I, I opened for Gilbert back in Phil, I was like, yep. you know, in my early 20s. I remember you asked me, the first thing you said to me is like, what appetizer should I get? And I said, I don't, I'm not sure which one's better. And then he went, I'll just order all of them. Professional conversations that are had. Yeah, this is what happens in a comic club. These professional conversations. A headliner comes in, throws his money around, and buys all the appetizers. (laughs) You know, you think it's all like Frank and Dino and Sammy and Vegas. (laughs) Just potato skins and chicken fingers. I'll just get all of them. The mozzarella sticks. I don't give a shit. Uh, All right, guys. Well, that's our show. Uh, Thank you so much, Gilbert, for coming out. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. <laughs>